Hey, this is Phil Yanov with the Tech After Five podcast. And you know that we are here. If you're a tech entrepreneur or a tech professional, we want to help you move the ball forward, no matter what it is you are trying to do, right? So if you're trying to advance your career, that's a thing. If we're going to help you with that, if you're trying to build a tech business, we are here to help you with that as well. And today we've got a special guest, Christina Eanes. And the thing is, she treats life like it's a game and it's not just any kind of game. It's a special game. And so we're going to talk to her in just a second. Let me first introduce my co-host. I have Scott Pfeiffer here with me. Hello, friend. Hey, Phil. It's great to be here. Yeah, it is great to be here. You're looking good, sounding good, and um, everything is good in your world, I hope. It is. Everything's great. Yeah. All right. Um, We have someone pretty special with us today, and uh, I thought we would introduce Christina and let Christina kind of introduce herself because, again, you look at kind of her background, you think, oh, there are a lot of highlights here. You know, it's not like mine where it all kind of fits in a sentence or two. It's just like, Phil, he's a guy, you know. Um, Christina, you've got quite a background. If I get trapped on an elevator with you, um, let's imagine it's a good sized building. What are you going to tell me about you? Oh, well, first I'll tell you to call 911. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll tell you, well, I spent uh, the first part of my career in the field of law enforcement as an analyst. Um, I also trained on the side in criminal justice. So I've, I've always been in the training field. Um, but after I got out of crime analysis, which was the first part of my career, I moved into uh, leadership development within the FBI. I was with them for a number of years. And I fell so much in love with everything that we were teaching, uh, anywhere from line level up to executive level leaders in the company, that I decided once my kids left the house, uh, empty nester, then I did, um, opened up my own company to do that. So I have a company that we go around and provide professional development courses to uh, mid-level to large companies. And those are the quote unquote soft skills. I don't like them to be called yeah. soft skills because they're not easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, no, yeah, if it were so easy, more people do be doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. I mean, if they were. So you went and you went to the FBI and you were neither an attorney nor an accountant. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yes. So I thought that was required. You was say it? that because most of the agents were attorneys or accountants. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, we've got a mutual friend who worked for a competitive organization, uh-huh. and that's uh, always his first question: Which was it? Which which path did you go in? Yes. Well, I was an analyst, so we usually came from different paths. But if you were an agent, it most likely was attorney or accountant. <laughs> Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, so one of the, well, the reason, the thing that so attracted me to your background was this thing that you did all of this, and then you went into this whole idea of, I'm going to learn all about escape rooms and apply that to life. I'm going to tell you, that's my kind of thing. I mean, I, I would, I want to talk more about this. What caused you to get started doing this? Oh, wow. So, well, first of all, I we have a swear jar in my house for Every time you mention escape rooms and someone doesn't ask you, and it's pretty full of money right now. So I'm so glad you're letting me talk about this. Good. (laughs) Um, So actually with my daughter's 21st birthday, which was about four years ago, uh, she, instead of wanting to go to Vegas, she wanted to go to Harry Potter World in Orlando. Okay. So we took her and we had a lot of fun, but we had a couple of down days and that we didn't have anything scheduled. And she said, you know what? There's this thing near us. It's escape rooms. 
I want to go try it. It's like, what? I mean, I don't need to get locked into a room to solve a bunch of puzzles. Like when we can have board games here in our hotel room, but we went ahead and tried it. Uh, and from that moment on, we went back the next day and did three more escape rooms. And now it's been as of the time of this recording, 474 escape rooms in 20 countries and 22 States. That's a lot of escape rooms. Yes, we are. We are enthusiasts. <laughs> So we may have some listeners who don't really understand what an escape room is. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? Yes. So they are all over the world um, and each location are, is different. Some of them could have one escape room. Some of them could have, I've seen up to 16 escape rooms at a location. They're each often uh, different themes. So there's very common themes are zombie, pirate ship, uh, bank heist, um, but there's some really cool ones. I mean, they're all really cool, but there's other unique ones out there as well. But the idea is you get quote unquote locked in a room. Most countries have health and safety standards, so you're not really locked. There are some that do not. <laughs> We've been really locked in rooms before. And you are <laughs> the yes. escape room that's in a Turkish prison. That one's the <laughs> real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Time limit probably. 20 years. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We should probably see if we're on any escapee list, right? No. Um, but anyway, so you solve, there's usually a storyline and you solve a series of puzzles and or challenges in that room within the given time frame um, in order to, to escape, essentially. Some sure. of them are, sorry, my cat has decided to join us today. Uh, <laughs> some of them are um, uh, like just one room with regular, we call them analog locks. Um, others are multiple rooms, have a lot of tech. Uh, you really feel like you're immersed in the story. I've been in one where it was based on the Goonies and we actually were in a cave with a sandy beach, a pirate ship and a waterfall and pond. Wow. So anywhere from that. Nice. Yeah. That's, that is awesome. Well, the thing is for you, I, I mean, like a lot of people have done escape rooms, you know, I mean, I think that's, it's kind of a fun thing to do, but for you, it stuck, right? I mean, the barb got in you and it hasn't clearly didn't get out 20 countries, 470 escape rooms, something yeah. resonated for you. Why, why did this work for you? Talk to me about oh, that. Lots of, well, one, it's just fun. Um, and being uh, that I like to help people professionally and personally grow as a human being, it has a lot of application. So uh, in addition to just being really cool and fun, it's novel. It keeps the brain active. Very important, right? To keep our brains active so that they don't, um, what is it? Uh, I don't want to say petrify. <laughs> they get smaller right. as we get older. Um, so it's important to keep the brain active, but it's also, great, sorry. It's also a great, um, it's a great way for us to practice different things. So example, uh, emotional intelligence. This one we work on a lot. It's mostly my husband and I that go in and do these. Uh, but emotional intelligence on managing your emotions, because there's points where, especially when there's like five minutes on the clock and you start getting antsy and you look up and you see about 20 puzzles left, what you think is about 20 puzzles left to solve. It's helping, okay, you know, I need to chill. I need to relax. I'm going to make the most of this five minutes. I'm going to keep going. And usually without fail, we get out. But it's the ability to go in and not only have fun, but decide on one particular thing you're going to work on and work on it while you're in there. So it's, it's personal and professional development while you're having fun. 
That's exciting. You know, my, I have a good friend, Adam Anderson, who works with entrepreneurs and stuff. And his big thing is emotional intelligence. He talks about it all the time. And you uh, talk about emotional intelligence a bit as well. And uh, think what do, what do escape rooms teach us about emotional intelligence in your view? And why is that important? Ooh, so much, right? So, well, it, cause there's many levels with emotional intelligence, looking at Daniel Goleman's model, right? There's self-awareness. Then there's being able to manage your emotions, self-management. Then there's awareness of others. And then there's being able to adjust how you interact with others to be more effective. It helps you on every one of those levels. Uh, maybe an example of one in particular, self-management and self-awareness and we'll throw in some social awareness too. Um, have you ever heard of the rational defensive continuum? I have not. Okay. So and being aware of ourselves and our emotions. Um, well, first of all, a little bit of a neuroscience without the neuroscience terms, right? So we have uh, humans, that part of the brain, the neocortex, that where we have ra- rational, log- logical thought. Um, that's where we're able to really tackle, especially issues in escape rooms, but you know, other important stuff in life, like decision-making, et cetera. <laughs> More important for escape rooms though, for getting out of them. Um, and then there's that emotional part of our brain where when we do get triggered in some form or fashion, we tend to get caught in that emotional part of the brain and we lose access to the rational, logical part of our brain. Amygdala hijack, if you've heard of it. Yeah, so all that yeah. lizard brain, right? Yeah, so rational defensive continuum, think of a triangle. And I put my fingers in a triangle. Uh, as a symbol, uh, a signal for others in the escape room and or in life. But with the triangle, think of when you're at the bottom of the triangle, when it's its widest, you are in that rational part of your brain. You're relaxed, you're calm, you're focused, you have a wide awareness of what's going on around you, and you can respond to situations. But as you get emotional, you go up that triangle. Some of us shoot up at immediately all the way to the top. Some of us work our way up it a little bit, but as we go up, as the the sides of the triangle narrow, we lose our ability to rationally and logically respond to things in life. We're more in that emotional part of our brain where we're at the top. It's the point of no return where you're in complete amygdala hijack. You are not responding. You are in complete reactionary mode. We've seen that with people, right? They just shoot and I'm thinking road rage. Um, You're in fight or flight fear. But anyway, so that triangle, awareness of where you're at on any given point on that triangle Mm. um, and how to bring yourself down to the bottom of the triangle. That is one of the main things that we use in escape rooms with emotional intelligence. And actually I teach it in all of my classes, coaching, feedback, emotional intelligence. Anytime we're dealing with another human being, it's awareness of we're at on that triangle and awareness of others. So how we use that in escape rooms, I taught it to my husband. And if there's a moment where one of us, shall we say, gets a little grumpy or a little competitive or a little emotional in some form or fashion, uh, we just flash the triangle with our fingers at each other. And it's a, it's a signal on, okay, you're getting a little triggered, time to just calm down and relax. Maybe it's because we're short on time. Maybe it's because one of us uh, woke up on the wrong side of the bed that morning. But that's just another, it's a tool that we use in escape rooms and in life. Anyone can use it for anything, an awareness of self and awareness of others on where they're at. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's a way you've kind of inoculated yourself and each other in this moment, right? So is that when you take this out into a business or a career context or something like that, are you telling people to do the same thing? Hey, teach all your coworkers to do a little triangle with their fingers and kind of let them know that, hey, this feels like it's kind of getting out of control? Yes. Um, If they are comfortable with their team, we recommend everyone learning that that's that signal because it's one, it's, hey, I need a moment. I'm up on the triangle. I need to get back in my rational brain. So just give me a moment to relax and chill out or breathe or whatever. Or, hey, it seems like you're getting a little triggered. Maybe you need to take a moment. Um, If they're not comfortable with their team or others, just awareness of it's almost like I see the little triangle on people's foreheads. Not the L like I just did, but the triangle. We do the L in our house all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. (laughs) But it's almost like um, I I see like a little triangle on people's foreheads and I kind of try to gauge before I'm going to interact with them where they're at. Because if they are anywhere midpoint to upper part of that triangle, you cannot have a, um, a good conversation with them. So, and some words like, can I give you some feedback? will immediately put someone up at the top of that. So you start watching their behavior to see if they're a little antsy, maybe reactive, then you can figure out how to best respond to them or wait. Maybe it doesn't need to be taken care of right then until they can calm down. So you use it so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah, Not working your way down the triangle back to the base. Yes. That's individual to each of us, right? Um, Mainly we just need a break breathing. I actually have to get very um, physical. So I have to go actually like, if I'm way up there, I need to start pacing. I need to um, like do something like boxing or tennis. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there's one escape room that I started getting really triggered and I was pacing back and forth <laughs> between two different rooms in, in the escape room uh, until I could calm down. <laughs> yeah. No, well, but I think that's a great thing. And of course, that it is you know, your escape room experience, of course, just kind of puts a fine point on it, right? Let's take a work week and compress it into 20 minutes and kind of (laughs) see what the problem, you know, because that's kind of what's going on in a way, right? And I think that's just a valuable technique. It's kind of funny because I know Scott and I do a lot of times when we're talking to people in our groups about, you know, are you open to notes? We know to ask the question because not everybody is in the state they need to be in in order to take the input, right? So it's like, can I give you a note on that? And right. it might exactly. be yes, and it might be no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that note. Can I give you instead of because feedback is a trigger word for a lot of people. People. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a uh, television movie t- term, right? So we mm-hmm. just kind of say, "Can I give you some notes on that?" Yeah. And uh, and they'll either take it or they won't take it or whatever. But you know, and it's a, it's a kind of you're always kind of, to me, you're sort of gauging where they are. Cause that's what I want to do first. There's no point me dropping something heavy on somebody. And their thing is right now, they just need me to tell them they did a good job. At that point, you just say, you know what? You did great. Yeah. And then just let it go. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause that's what they were looking for. Um, which is why when I'm ready as I, Scott and I do this a lot back and forth is, you know, I will say to Scott, okay, just lay it on me. I'm ready. You know, you, you know, how could this be better? I always yeah. like, like, what could I do better? Yeah. And uh, that way you're, you're kind of letting it say, you can talk to me. I'll yeah. take it. I mean, I may not like it, but I'll do something with it. So yeah. yeah. Now you can say, look, I'm at the bottom of the triangle. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, 
so let me, I'll pivot to this other bit. You, I mean, there's the emotional intelligence and, and let me tell you, I think that if I could just get that sense, right. If you just get that one thing and put that in your life, that's probably like a winning strategy. Everybody Huge. could use all the time, right? We yeah. can stop right here and say, folks, we have delivered gold to you. Now go do something with that. Right. Yes. Um, because this is just a thing that we see again and again. I mean, I think about all the times we talk to people and we, you know, we're usually talking to them about how to pivot inside the conversation. It's kind of funny. You used a triangle. We typically use Cartman's triangle, right? And we're trying to figure yeah. out where you are in that space. Cause you don't want to form that triangle. If you can afford it, right. How yeah. can I pivot things back out of it? How can I, or using a transactional analysis model, how can I pivot that thing? How do I get to an adult to adult rate? So we're thinking about all of those bits, yeah. but I like this whole idea of saying, all right, let me focus on where someone is emotionally, where I am emotionally and acknowledge that. And then yes. we'll reestablish the base and go from there. So again, gold all the way there. But the thing is you've got more, more stuff that you have talked about. Uh, and part of this was just not the emotional side of it, but the thinking piece of this. How do I solve problems? What are some of the ways that I go about it? And mm -hmm. you feel like escape rooms have something to teach us about that as well. Oh, huge, right? Well, because emotions are also involved in decision making, right? And problem solving. Um, so one, knowing that we need to be in that rational part of our brain in order to get through and, and work through and look through um, an issue, a problem, a challenge, whatever we're facing. The other huge one is perception, right? So escape rooms, uh, really good designers of escape rooms, they know how the brain works and they know how to trick it. <laughs> they know how to get you into whatever they want to get you into. Um, like you'll see those, um, oh, I can't think of one right now, but um, where they play with your perception, where your brain is- Well, they want us to fall into a cognitive bias, right? I mean, the yes. thing is we have so many cognitive biases oh, yeah. like and reframing a problem is a way to get out of it, right? Yeah, one of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, perception, it, so one that's really big is perception is your reality. So we will go in with experience. So people think, okay, wow, you've done a lot of escape rooms. You're probably really good and get out really fast. Not necessarily because your experience can get in your way. Again, another uh, analogy with life, right? Um, right? We'll see something and be like, oh, I know what that is. And then we start looking around for the other piece that we're expecting that we need. And it's not at all what we expected. It, it's not, it, it looks like something we've seen before several times, but it wasn't actually. We run into that a lot with our experience. So what is that beginner's mind? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hammer looking for a nail, man. Yes. I started as a hammer. I'm not the screwdriver. Right. Yes. And you should never send a hammer to do a screwdriver's job. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then our perception creates our reality. So, um, I have to a short zombie story. Can I tell a zombie story? Oh, we're up. We're up for zombie stories. <laughs> okay. So, uh, a lot, it's funny. A lot of the stories that I tell in my speeches and workshops, they're of the novel experiences. So, um, it's not what you're going to get in an everyday escape room. But this one, uh, we were doing, um, we were on an escapecation. So we like to go to an area and do about 40 rooms in a week. You know, most people are looking at uh, taking tours and looking at monuments. We'll look at them on our way to escape rooms and go, oh, that's nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But this one in particular, I was excited about because we were going to be in the room with a, uh, a zombie, a live actor. Um, but it was going to be a zombie. And I've heard before about how they have zombies that are like chained and like every five minutes, the chain lets out. But this one was going to be free, free to go after us throughout the entire experience. 
Um, so I was excited, new experience, right? I was listening very carefully to the game master, who is the person who preps you for the experience and, you know, watches you and, and gives you clues and stuff if you get stuck. And right. she told us that we were going to start out in separate rooms, which I thought was cool too, in the dark, which I was really excited about. <laughs> I know it, yeah, it's me. Um, <laughs> And, and we're going to drop you 50 feet, but no. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no goes, now it's getting real. Yeah. And, and Diego, the, the zombie, uh, was going to be free moving, but he wouldn't technically go after us until we no located Nerf guns. And then we had to be careful. We could only shoot him in the bullseye on his chest, not his head. No headshots, evidently, for this one. Safety, you guess. Rules, whatever. Dang. <laughs> so I know how to get rid of a zombie. Separate. Huh? I know how to get rid of a zombie. It's the headshot. But right. go exactly. Ahead. Not <laughs> with this one. You the couldn't hit this. Headshot and the double tap. Come on, we know this. This is right. I know this was a special zombie, though. Uh, so, <laughs> so we started out in our own storage rooms, and the idea was we were going to work our way um, to meet each other in the third room. Uh, we had walkie-talkies where we we're talking with each other and the game master. And of course, you know, I'm excited, so I think I'm going to have fun with this. So I was, I was in the, the dark storage room. I found a little bit of a light. I was starting to work things out. And the zombie came and went rrr, 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 on, the, on the wall. Um, and so, of course, I had fun with them. Like, I'll be out in a minute. Like I was in the bathroom or something. <laughs> right? Nice. And I, I worked my way into the next room. Um, and the zombie came and slammed the door. And I, I laughed. I, I felt bad. I, I laughed at him because he actually had pretty cool makeup. Um, but I heard... Um, on the walkie-talkie, the game master telling my husband, sir, don't lock that gate. That's a health and safety issue. And so I, I got on, I got on the, the walkie and I said, oh, Jeff, what's going on? He said, the zombie's trying to get me. I had to lock the gate so he couldn't get at, get at me. I was like, you're anxious? Why are you nervous? So we ended up getting into that third room together. And he was, and I have permission to tell this story, by the way. He was really nervous. He was anxious. He was looking behind him. He was tired because he'd been so anxious at this point. Wow. Yeah. And Great. so I, I explained to him, well, one, look, it's not a World War Z zombie. This one moves really slow. Two, <laughs> there's a big table in the room. We can circle it until we find what we need to find. And three, uh, he can't come after us technically until we find that Nerf gun and we haven't yet. So I, I got him to calm down and relax, but it was funny, the difference. I expected a really cool experience, new one. He expected going in, oh my gosh, we have to solve these problems before the zombie gets us. And so we yeah. had two completely different realities happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, afterwards, I was ready to go into, we had like four more scheduled that day. I was ready to go into the next one and he was tired. He actually needed to take a little break. <laughs> wow. So that's yeah. that thing about, you know, bringing the perceptions that we bring with us into yes. a problem that for some of us, the things seem different, right? We bring mm -hmm. that to us. I mean, you started this with perception as reality and I get yeah. that, um, you know, Literally lots of real. us have heard that aphorism, right? Yeah. But the idea is that different people and, you know, you started with the word triggered, and I don't like to use that because it seems like it's freighted emotionally and politically sometimes. But, ah. but the thing is, for some of us, some threats seem more real than others, right? Yes. And uh, we brought that with us, didn't we, Scott? Well, yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I think these escape rooms are very interesting. In, in game design, there's this idea uh especially for strategy games or online role-playing games, we have to be careful about different pieces of data that 
your players will put together and draw wrong conclusions and just hit a dead end. Yep. So most games, there's actually a word for it. I can't remember what the word is. I was trying to find that. I heard yeah. it last night. I was talking to somebody, but like there's three sticks on the ground that vaguely form an arrow and they say, Oh, that's an arrow. And they're off in the wrong direction and just <laughs> looping, looping, looping. Yep. Most game designers are trying to find those mostly through play testing and avoid them. Yeah. Right. It seems like escape room designers are trying to build them in as a feature. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it depends on the designer. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that like a lot like life though? I mean, as you think about it, I mean, this is of course the conversation that we're having, but that's exactly like life. I mean, we find significance in things that have no significance at all, yeah. right? I mean, except what we brought with them. It's the entire basis of the conspiracy theory industry. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you are correct. And that's the end of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you know, you've brought us from emotional thinking and of course, just reframing and repositioning and how we're, how we look at problems. Um, but you've gone off and written another book about productivity out of this. Does it, did the, um, did the escape rooms have something to say about productivity? <laughs> well, you know, they, well, they kind of do. Cause, uh, so the second book was a uh, secret to super productivity. And instead of managing your time, it's about managing your energy and how you can use it as a budget right? Limit yeah. uh, the energy that uh, is consumed and then uh, create more energy for you when you need it. Um, so we do use that before we go in on these escape room marathons. You know, uh, we've done nine rooms in a day. So we'll be very careful about managing our energy and planning out time that way. So I guess that would be the correlation between the two. Don't, well, I think that is right. And yeah. of course, I think we think of that as that. Um, I think energy, by the way, is the right way to think about this. We're not really managing time. We're right. managing the amount of drain in our brain at any given moment, right? It's yes. heuristic activity is, I mean, for those of us who are knowledge workers or in that space, right? Heuristic activity is the thing we're going to be able to run out of because we've only got so much energy for it. I mean, we can go practice, we can go build endurance, we can be fit and all eat well, sleep well, all that kind of stuff. But at the end, there's a budget and we're going to run out of it somewhere along the way. So I think solving hard problems, I think I should give myself just a small number of hard problems to solve per day. Mm -hmm. And that's probably, but if you're doing nine escape rooms, I think you've really built up some endurance already. Oh yeah. It took a while to get to that. Yeah. Phil, yeah. so you do an exercise with people sometimes where you, you have a the list with things that charge your battery and things that drain your battery and you go yep. through and try to make people think about those things and then how to, how to space your day out. So you don't have too many draining things in a row and Correct. Put, the, yeah. put the charging things in the middle. Energy yeah. consumers and energy creators. Yeah. 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 That's no, it. I think, yeah, we're I do an exercise like that, and I just think that's kind of a useful thing to think about. But uh, one of our mutual friends had said to us one time. He said, "Here's the deal: I'm only going to get two or three important things done in any given day, and uh -huh. that's it. That's yeah. my budget, right? So, line them up in that inside that budget. There you go. Awareness is the first step in everything, essentially. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I just find this whole thing fascinating, the idea that I'm able to learn from escape rooms. I mean, I like the idea. It's a metaphor, right? It's a, yeah. it's basically telescoping, as we pointed out earlier, telescoping all the kinds of things that we might run into in our regular lives yeah. and, uh, and try to do it in short frame and see what we can learn from that. Not just mm -hmm. solving the problem, having some fun uh, and maintaining some emotional intelligence about the whole thing. 
what tell me are, are I'm just kind of curious because you know things have changed here in the last nine months. Uh, a lot of us not getting out. Is there are there versions of these that continue, or are you doing these virtually? How does that work now? If I want, yes, if I yes. want to say I need this now, tell me what <laughs> what can I do right now if I need a dose of this? Yes, and yes. So there is a lot of opportunity. Um, we were so happy. What is it uh, with adversity? There's human ingenuity. Um, uh, very shortly after lockdown escape rooms all over the world started doing virtual experiences. So you, you literally log on here like Zoom and there's an avatar in the room that you direct to look at things um, and open up puzzles and it, it's really cool, right? So you're there, um, like we were able to do escape rooms in one week we did escape room in Poland, Romania, um, California. <laughs> so uh, you can do it all, all virtually via Zoom. Also, the ones in the U.S. So usually when you would go to an escape room in the U.S., uh, if you let's say you sign up for a time slot of 10 a.m., or I guess most people wouldn't sign up that early. We do, but like 5 p.m., um, right. you would get matched up with whoever else signed up for that time slot at 5 p.m. unless you bought out the room, all of the tickets in the room. But now... Um, and that was only the U.S. That's uh, Europe, other places, they don't do that. You, you sign up for a room. It's your group that goes through and you do it. But right now in the U.S., um, we're traveling a little bit more to take advantage of this. They, you get all private rooms and you don't have to pay extra money for it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So they're really doing great with cleaning and making sure. I mean, we were just in um, Austin last weekend and we were talking to an escape room owner who was formerly a nurse. And she was telling us all the different things that they were doing to make sure everything is safe, you know, private groups, everything is cleaned between, um, everyone's wearing their masks. So yeah, you can still well, do I mean, it so in person or virtually. Yeah. Well, I mean, for those of us who might not get on a plane and do one in Poland, now I can do it from the comfort of my chair. But that's exactly. really kind of cool to see how other people think these kinds of things through. Yeah. I did not know that was available. Scott, I think we need to set us up a trip to do this. There you go. Yeah, and you can log in from completely different locations together. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, live video escape rooms is a directory that we used to get them. Um, but also the uh, Facebook escape room enthusiast group shares a lot of that, those as well on there. Yeah. No, I love it. So tell us what you are doing now in the world. How are you helping people? You've alluded to it a couple of times. Talk to us a little more directly about that. Oh, well, let's see. So I have a... Again, super productive. I like to do a lot of different things, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have a professional development catalog that I have instructors and coaches. We go in and help companies with, it's all soft skills courses, like emotional intelligence, coaching, feedback, accountability, all that stuff. That's yeah. the main part of my business. Then I'll go do speeches off of my three books. Uh, then I also put out a lot of stuff uh, through YouTube. And then I have the Quit Bleeping Around podcast uh, that I put out through there. And then Life is an Escape Room. We put out a blog uh, every other week on learning that we've had from a recent escape room that we did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. That sounds great. <laughs> so on the speaking side, are you doing a lot of that? Um, or have you decided that you would do that on virtually? Are you doing those via Zoom today? That has actually slowed down a little bit, obviously, right? So more we're doing the workshops. But interestingly, I just did a few weeks ago, a life is an escape room speech. I was on the stage. There were two people in the physical audience, <laughs> but it was a studio, right? So um, there were hundreds actually virtually attending the speech, but I was there physically. It was really cool. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good for you. Well, I know that we can send people to find you at your website, which is your name, which we can mm-hmm. spell out. It's ChristinaEans.com. And of course, we'll put that in lower thirds and stuff so people can see it in video. It'll be in the show awesome. notes as well. So people can come find you and hang out and find out more about what you're doing and find your books well, and you. uh, learn about all of that. So thank mm-hmm. you so much, Christina, for coming and hanging out with us today. It's been my pleasure. Yeah. Scott Pfeiffer, how do people find you, my friend? find me on LinkedIn where I'm Scott Pfeiffer, or uh, you can send me an email to strategybusinessconsulting at gmail.com. Or you can hook me up at uh, Tech After Five Greenville. Yeah. You, well, uh, I'm Phil Yanov. Thank you. Uh, we're here to help, as you well know. And the way we do that most is for you to come join us at one of our events, techafterfive.com. And we've got a whole slate of them set up. We're doing more than we've ever done before. It is kind of crazy, folks. It just keeps getting bigger. So join us at techafterfive.com and uh, jump into a room and meet some new people. And uh, we'll introduce you to Christina Eanes here through the podcast. So thanks a lot. And we'll see you next time.